You're never too old to commit crimes. Let's talk old times on Paradise Found. Welcome to Paradise Found, the official Almost Paradise After Show. I am Yel Teagle. And I am Kira Lynn. Kira, today we are talking Season 2, Episode 9, Old Times. Uh, this this episode introduced me to, I think, my favorite couple, Cookie and Colt. There's a lot of C's, <laughs> Cookie, Colt, and the chemist. The chemist. Yes. What did you think about this episode? I loved this episode. I like how we're introduced to this couple when... Alex wants to go and help the poor elderly couple, you know, come down the stairs and uh, drama ensues. I think that this couple was so fun um, when we met them, but I was so suspicious of them. So we're close to the final episode and I feel like I'm episode nine. I'm finally kind of catching on. I wasn't suspicious of them, but I was like... Where do they fall in line with the whole story? I agree. I think that as we get close to the end of the season, we're obviously building towards something. And I was like, we're meeting two random people. And a name like Cookie is suspicious. (laughs) That's where the suspicion comes in. (laughs) But, you know, she's like this old grandmotherly type. Like, what's so suspicious about that? They're vicious killers. (laughs) I love that it turns out that they are both. both. Yes. I will say I there was something about the the wheelchair that I felt like when she was falling down and then we needed Alex's help to move it. I had a feeling that like the wheelchair had like a bomb attached to it or something extra heavy that made that scene um, you know, even I was just suspicious. I'm suspicious of everything, really. I was looking for the chemist. I wasn't looking for like a dynamic duo of like murderers. So I like that surprise. I also was very surprised by Rita's becoming my favorite crime solver. Yes. Um, her and Alex working together to fight crime. Look, I know she's a kid. She's a bright kid. She's a very bright kid, and I like what's happening here. Um, and the amount of American crime shows she watches, I also was like, yes, me too. As a parent to a daughter the same age as Rita, I was like, I had a problem with it. But in the storyline, I'm all for it. it. I love that we are seeing more of Rita. We already knew she was a smart cookie a negotiator, but here we see even more. She speaks Latin. She knows what epoxy is, how to use it. I I'm on I'm on team Rita. I want her to to come on to our super team that we talked about. I don't have a daughter her age, but I was her. I- <laughs> so we cut off his fingers and send them to Washington? Yes, Rita, we should. Her argument as to if he's a murderer, maybe it'll be harder without fingers. She's right. Yell. <laughs> this says a lot about you. <laughs> if you were Rita, this all makes sense now. Yes. <laughs> yes, I loved I loved that whole exchange and the fact that she's lo- I Alex covering her eyes so she doesn't look at the, you know the 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 murder photos but she's like describe it to me I th- right. I loved it I love that he covers her eyes and then it's still like yeah there's a bag on his head she doesn't need to see that you just told her <laughs> I also think it was very smart that she points out the question why 
why put a bag on someone's head and poison them? She's so smart. She's so smart. She's so smart. And if she ends up, you know, leading her own detective agency, you know, in just a few years from now, I mean, I I would be here to see it. I would love to be there to see it. Um, I want like a like a Nancy Drew type yes. Rita storyline. I want a whole episode where she is the lead detective. That that's really good. <laughs> I like that. And and Rita saves Alex. Oh. Or Rita saves the super team. Absolutely. Oh, I I, I would watch that. Right. Oh. <laughs> Do we know any anybody that may be able to write that episode? You know, I think we might know some people. Yeah, let's see. Let's hope so. So, yes. can we talk about Kai? And finally, you know, Ocampo is so... Um, Ocampo has to deliver this news, right? And he tells her, you know... May I have a word with you here in my office? It brought back me back to, like, grade school when it was, like, Kira... Can I have a word with you in my office? I was like, like, what is going down? And then he delivers this wonderful news. You know, it, it, Kai is getting promoted. She's going to Manila to be the, de- you know, on this new detective team, the lead detective in the undercover department in Manila. It's everything that she's wanted. And I'm, I'm so happy for her. Well, what did you think? I agree wholeheartedly. I think that Kai deserves this. She is one of the best people on the team. Um, she's capable and smart and kick-ass, and I love it. Uh, I think that it's so interesting to give her this and then have her struggle with saying goodbye to her friends because this this team is her family. And, and to deal with that is so interesting. And I do understand, you know, when you want to follow your heart, but your home is is somewhere else. Yeah. I, I also think it's funny because she points it like she's not going that far. Right. She's, you know, and and they're friends, you know, friends are friends. Like I, I do really love seeing this version of Kai and the way that Sam plays it. Mm-hmm. It's the softness that we we kind of saw, we, we saw in the uncoupling episode, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's actually Kai not going undercover. This is actually her feelings and she's in her feelings and she's working through them. And it's a different side of Kai that we've seen before. Um, I totally agree. I think that it's nice to see her vulnerable side. It reminds me, actually, of season one where we learned a little bit more about, like, her her family, mom. her mom. Um, and so I think, you know, this is her family now, and it makes sense for her to feel this way. And knowing, especially in that episode, how troublesome it was and the the troublesome family background that she had, this is this is her nucleus. This is her core. Oh. But then, <laughs> then we have the like other case that's going on. Right? Yeah. So, so there was a murder at the casino, and uh, for some reason, Anne does not want Alex involved. My least favorite. Well, that's not true. I have quite a few. It's one of my <laughs> one of my least favorite tropes is when somebody leaves somebody else in the dark, thinking it's to protect them. Because all I can think of is. The G.I. Joe. Knowing is half the battle. Yes. Right? Like, you need... If you want to protect somebody, you tell them. But again, Han has been through a lot. Yes. So maybe she just doesn't have that sort of critical thinking cap on. Like, maybe, you know, I should 
trust these people that I've made friends with. I'm just playing devil's advocate. Sure. I think the the issue I have with Anne's uh, inability to trust is that she trusted them enough to, like, rob her own casino. Okay. Right? Like, she's brought them in, and now she's trying to push them away. And I understand that she's trying to protect them, but they are fully capable. Right? Like, Alex saved her life the first time we met her. Right. So I think that it, it bums me out that she didn't think to to tell them. And I think it's interesting that it also then bums Alex out. There's a line that Alex says to her. You're not alone because you work so hard. You're alone because you don't know who your friends are. And I think that that encompasses what happened, is that she didn't think about her friends because she's so used to having to take care of herself. True. But... Alex was so gung-ho in saving her in the previous episode that for that one thing, for him to be, you know, so starry-eyed and in love, for that to be the, you know, the thing that breaks the camel's back, I don't know. I, I have a feeling that maybe, even though it seems like it's the end between Alex and Anne, that maybe we'll see Anne again. I wouldn't be surprised if we see her again. I don't know that this is the end of them. I mean, this is definitely a breakup. Mm. But also, you know, once she and Kai realize they should be together. (laughs) Right? Like, this is the end of her and Alex, but it's not the end of Anne because... Anne and Kai. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm still on that <laughs> ship with you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, were you surprised when Alex broke into Cookie and Colt's uh, their hotel room and discovered that he was the target? Did that surprise you? Of course, it surprised me. <laughs> I was also surprised. I would. I think I wrote it down. You know, it says, "Oh, Alex is the target." It's literally. I was like, "Oh." I was not. I was not expecting that, and I do have to say, to see Christian Kane, Alex Walker, to have to see him physically have that bag over his head mm. was probably for me the most shocking. Because I, yeah, okay, we've seen him. We've seen him get shot, and we've you know we've seen him injured. But to physically see that for me, it was like, oh, this is a character that I'm invested in, that I care about. You know, even though. I knew he was going to get out of it. It was still not fun for me to see. Yeah, it was absolutely terrifying. Um, I do appreciate that he is so skilled he got himself out of that. But he was still poisoned and knocked out. I know. But, I mean, got to give it to the AARP group. (laughs) Cookie and Colt, man. Like, Okay. Cookie and Colt have taken Alex. And now we are back in the casino. And we're in that secret room. That has all the, the, you know, it's all closed off and whatever. It's very, very scary. And we find out that there's someone behind all of this. How shocked were you as to who was behind all this? I full on thought it was Anne. <laughs> you thought it was Anne? Of course I thought it was Anne because I'm, <laughs> I'm not that smart. I thought it was Anne. Like, it did cross my mind that it was Anne. We're in her casino. We're in her casino. Kai sees Anne give the envelope to some, you know, goon. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what's going on there? They feed it to me. I eat it. Okay. <laughs> so I thought it was Anne. But I was like, who was the client? Tell me who the client is. And then to see it. You're always so entertaining, Mr. Walker. You? Ah. 
You remember me, I'm touched. Congratulations, you just doubled your sentence. I loved this reveal. I did too. It was so uh, exciting and surprising and threatening. His words were terrifying. He means business. He does. Um, I also love, I think that the the episode had so much going on and so much mystery that the the best action was saved till the end. Um, my favorite, I have two favorite fights from this episode. Ernesto and Kai with the food trays was incredible. So good. Yes. Oh, I, I want more of that. We also had Alex with his, t- his hands tied behind his back. That was an incredible fight. Yes. And to see, to see him just, I don't know. It, it's an Alex Walker thing, mm. right? That guy can get out of anything, any scenario, right? These villains are so fun. This whole season, the, the villains have been fun and vicious and and interesting. And unexpected. Unexpected. And it, out of all the villains so far, though, I mean, you know... All of them have surprised me. <laughs> but which one has, like, have you, were you like, oh, you know, that makes a really good villain? Um, I think Nina is definitely yeah. one of the most unexpected. But I think that the waterboarder is a horrific villain. He's he's so bad. And I love how they've been able to um, write him into, into most of the season. Mm-hmm. So... You know, he's so menacing. Like, it's it's the things that he says, you know that he, you know he's going to find Alex no matter where he is, no matter where he goes, whether it's Maktan Sabu or, you know, Lubbock, Texas. I don't think that Alex will be able to hide from a villain so so intent on killing him. Absolutely. I think we're going somewhere very interesting, and I cannot wait to see where we go for the finale. But first, let's keep talking about this episode. There is so much more to show you. You guys, the water border was terrifying, but the actor who played him was an absolute delight. Let's talk to Dante Bosco. Chase Vargas is behind I know. everything. A surprise to me too. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, I mean when I read this, when I read the script, I was like, yeah, because I don't. You know, when you do these projects, you don't know the whole. We're getting scripts the same time, you know, a few weeks ahead of shooting, and so we're learning as we go. I don't, you don't know what they're they're up to, but I was like, oh, that's how that works out. Okay, <laughs> all right. Did you know when you showed up to do episode five that you would be back for more? Not necessarily. I mean, we talked about it, but it was nothing set in concrete. I'm sure they might have known, but we didn't like, you know, it wasn't all set in You're stone like, at the time. Knock, knock. Hey, Dante, we had something for you. <laughs> yes. They always, and a lot of times, you know, you do shows where you like, they go to, I, I went to jail quite a few times in TV shows. <laughs> and the producers are always like, You're still alive. So that means you can come back. But we actually did come back, and there's actually a lot for Jace Vargas to do. Uh. He's still up to a lot of things. <laughs> so talk about, sh- like, we don't, you're not there physically. You're you're up on a screen. Can you talk about, like, working and shooting shooting that particular scene when it's revealed? Um, well, you just kind of go to the script, and I was around the set when they were shooting some of the things. And, uh, and so you know the storyline. So it's just when we do that, we just did it in a small we're actually in a, in a jail cell, one of the jail cell sets, and so you're already there. You know, you feel something going on because they had all these jail cell sets built, and so 
the great thing when you're on location and they're building sets, it's easy to kind of get into the mode of things because they surround you. And you're you're sitting in that world for a good amount of it, so you don't have to act as much. But you know, it's it is the always strange because then it goes back to theater, right? Mm. That's very theatrical because you're not there's no one in the scene with you, and you're kind of just doing the scene as if you're doing a monologue on stage. Very rare in television acting. Do you look into a camera? Like very, like very, like almost never. 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 <laughs> never. Where, where, which camera? <laughs> we never look into camera. <laughs> Not an actor. So, yeah. no. Always look into camera. Right. So when you get that chance, to look at the camera. Like it's time to go. <laughs> and then, and your, you know, all your old theater training kicks in. In this episode, there is an incredible fight where you have no use of your hands. It was amazing. That was a tough one. Yeah. That was really, really tough, man, because, you know, it's like you, you you don't have your equilibrium. And if you fall, there's nothing to catch you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You've you got to shoulder it or whatever. Now, so for some of it, I was actually tied, but some of it was like loose if I needed to break out. But uh, it was big and the, and the the room's not as big as you think it is. And so it was like, you know, tight quarters and stuff like that. It was a it was a good fight. And um, there were some misses. I think, yeah, I mean, we had to we had to cover that one quite a bit, to be honest with you, just because of the no hands and of the knees and, you know, everything else. But it was it was fun. And it was. um, Yeah, it was fun. It was it was fun because a lot of times I go off and I do a fight scene. Let me tell you why it was fun for Christian King. <laughs> because a lot of times I go off and do a fight scene. It's me and the guy that I'm fighting and no one gets to see. But this time I had an audience. <laughs> and it's so much more fun to fight with an audience. Is of real that? people. You know what I mean? Like they get to see what Christian Kane does. Not Alex Walker. Christian. So that that was fun for me. Was it written on the page that way? Like, you know, seeing you know, Alex's t- hands tied. Oh, it was worse than that. We actually had to make up some because my feet and my hands were tied at one point. And <laughs> Roskin, Mark Roskin was like, well, how are we going to do this? Was, no way. Oh, but if anybody can do it, yeah. it's <laughs> Alex Walker. <laughs> I was going to say, if anybody can do it, it's Christian Kane. Well, because that, I've seen it, Christian. Have arms and legs tied to a chair and yeah. flip out of one. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. That's right. Because I broke it all. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I did the Wolverine thing. Yes. Which I sort of sold, but anyway. Too much. <laughs> sold. Sold. The concentration for that fight was really, because you don't have your hands and I can't control somebody. Sometimes if somebody's too far away, I'll grab them and bring them in mm. or, you know, push them back. A lot of times you see me, I'll push somebody before I hit them. And that's only to get, because they're too close. I don't want to hit them. With that one, I got nothing. You know what I mean? It was like so. It was uh, it was it was very intricate. I'm surprised that nobody went to the hospital on that one. <laughs> I mean, and, and it's it looks fantastic. And we we talked to Mark. It looked like you had way more room. Mm-hmm. And that. Yeah, yeah, we did not. <laughs> we did not. It was it was really close quarters. Problem was they built that big table in there that took out. It was fine before. Then they put that table in. There was no room, <laughs> but it was good. In episode nine, old times, um, this is when we have our big emotional turning point for Kai. Um, She is offered an opportunity to lead an undercover special task force in Manila, which is what she wants. Mm -hmm. um, And she's very hesitant. Kai has always wanted this. She's always wanted the recognition because she's never really gotten it uh, from, you know, from Chief. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time, Chief, he likes to mm-hmm. make it all about him, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, fine. But, I mean, she's always been striving for um, a place and to be able to obviously be recognized as 
someone, a, a superior who's been doing this for a while and who's actually really good at it. Um, so it was really nice to be able to see that Kai is stepping up in, in her career. When that situation was in front of her, she just didn't know what to do, mm. obviously, because she's been wanting this for so long, but she's never really had to deal with having to leave her family and what she's known to love and, I mean, obviously, her peers. So it was definitely a tough choice for Kai. Um, and it was overwhelming, obviously, to read that she was torn. And it was nice, though, to be able to see Kai's layers sort of unpack. And, yeah, she's definitely got a lot more going on here than what she doesn't even know about. And for her to be able to get that huge promotion, first thing she really wanted to do was talk to Alex and get his opinion and, and you know, sort of some validation from that, too. And she's learned to realize that he's really good at what he does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he has really impacted the, you know, our work in the police force. So she does care about his opinions in that sense. It's funny that you're saying that now because you can see the from season one to now episode nine, mm -hmm. the mutual respect mm -hmm. for what Ernesto can do, for what Kai can do, for what Alex can all bring to the table. And when all of you guys work as a team, this is like where it's kind of bridging all of that. Like, oh, we came from here and now we've grown here. It, it adds really well right after the last episode where... You know, Alex is, he opens up and is more vulnerable mm. to Kai. And so it's really nice parallel to this episode where Kai is like, okay, I'm ready to, to talk to him and, and share this part of myself that I haven't yet. Mm -hmm. um, and it's funny because in the last episode, he doesn't get to reveal something, whatever it is. And then this episode, she goes to reveal it, that she's having these thoughts and she doesn't get to reveal it either. Mm. Um, and so their friendship stays in this, <clears throat> you know, we want to talk to each other. We want to share our thoughts with our friends. And we still are not there yet. Mm -hmm. I think there's a little bit of a, a wall between the two, obviously. Um, there's certain things they want to share, but they are sort of still waiting for the other person to sort of compliment even compliment you mm -hmm. you know so yeah it's just that's that's our relationship it's always it's like been that way yeah yeah it's like the standoff of emotions mm -hmm. are you gonna i'm not gonna show you yeah, yeah. are you gonna step forward viewers? are you gonna wait it's like yeah because yeah. they're both i mean they're both stubborn <laughs> and they're both yeah. badass mm -hmm. and they're you know like they're so similar yeah. that, of course, they're not going to let their wall down mm -hmm. until the other person is like, mm -hmm. okay, I'll let my wall down. <laughs> we are sitting down with executive producer and director of Episode 9, Old Times, Mark Roskin. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. Um, let's take it back a little bit and ask you, how did you get involved with Almost Paradise? Uh, well, I've been a 
partner here at the company for over 20 years. And when Dean and Gary wrote the pilot script, they took it to the Philippines and I was attached as a producer. And then I went out and set up camp in the Philippines and directed the first two episodes of season one. Had you been to the Philippines before that? I had once before. I was Roland Emmerich's assistant, and Dean and Roland went to do a press tour in the Philippines for Godzilla. So uh, that was my first time actually going to the Philippines. It was brief, but it was a lot different than shooting there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So tell me a little bit about shooting season one versus season two. Season one versus season two. I mean, season one, you know, it was like a new frontier, you know, it was just starting with the crew that I've never worked with before, establishing all the characters and all the looks, the gift shop, um, and, and you know, letting the actors find themselves and figuring out their characters and also what what we have the ability to do in the Philippines as opposed to shooting in the States. And, uh, you know, a lot of challenges, but a lot of production value and just a lot of great people to work with. So it was a, it was a pleasant surprise. Tell me, what is... What is the difference, I guess, between your role as like an executive producer versus your role as a director? As a director, you know, you're 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 steering the ship. You know, you're making all the decisions, um, whether it's locations, uh, casting, uh, wardrobe, fights, um, and just setting the tone of of your episode. Um, You know, Dean and Gary give you that script. You know, they go through the script with you as a director to just make sure you're hitting all the right beats. And then as a producer, you know, it's it's managing the production. You know, I like to give notes on all the scripts. I might have uh, input on a cut or have a say or give my advice on how to shoot something or where we can shoot it or negotiating with, you know, locations and such. So uh, more of, that's more of a managerial where directing, you know, they're giving you this script and you have eight days to make it great. Let's talk specifically about this episode that you directed. Um, I want to ta- I want to start with cookies falling down the stairs and yes. how you made yes. that happen. Um, well, we got really lucky uh, casting uh, Cookie, uh, Carolyn from uh, Australia. I mean, she was great and a gamer. Um, you know, initially... <laughs> It was written that she just rolls down a ramp, but we had to figure out something that worked with the location we were at, and we noticed that there were stairs, so we wrote it for stairs. Um, Rodney Cook, our stunt coordinator, did some test runs. Um, At one point, it was going to be backwards, but then we made it go forwards. Um, So there's a mix of live action with the actor, and then there's also a stunt double. Um, We had a cable chair. We did some some uh we put in some risers that looked like stone so the drop wasn't too significant but at the end when you see alex um christian catch the wheelchair he's actually really catching the wheelchair there Um, and it just timed out we mounted a camera on the chair and he just timed running right into frame and making the catch. It's uh, a completely different sort of shot than we've ever seen and it actually stood out to the both of us after we watched this. We're like yeah. this is great. Yeah, and and you know, I know that there was little pieces that I would that would help bridge some of the moments in there so we did inserts of the wheels going down the stairs and getting that, you know, the banging and then having the ability to to cut to to Colt, uh, Tim, who was another great guest star that we got. And they were a, a dream to work with. And they, the 
played the perfect couple. But yeah, the stair sequence was a big challenge, but it was a lot of fun, and it and it cut great, and it worked really well. Uh, Colt and Cookie are just so fun. I yes. love these characters so much. Yes. Um, and I, I really love the scene in the um, hotel room when they're fighting with Alex and they put the bag on his head. Yeah. But first I want to ask, at the beginning of the episode when we see the, the first murder, do we, is that them in the, with the ski masks? Yes, but not really them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, that, that is their characters doing right. it. But it wasn't actually them. We used uh, stunt doubles for that as you know, for scheduling purposes as well, um, since they are masks, since they are driving a car, also we're shooting at night. Uh, I think for production-wise, it just made more sense instead of using the actors there. Let's use the stunt people to do it. And and it made it better because the stunt people know how to do it without actually hurting somebody and right. dropping him to the ground and also making the getaway with the car. <laughs> The fight sequences in this, especially the one in the control room. Yes. I mean, it. can you talk about the studio space? Um, is that all? That's all shot in one location, correct? Yes. Yes. Initially, we scouted a bunch of different locations to shoot. I mean, if, if you look at the casino, for instance, that was built by our production team. Um, Digo, our production designer, built that from scratch. Um, the control room shows up in an earlier episode, but then after reading the script and knowing that I have to spend, I don't know, nine pages in there, um, or maybe more, it was about two days, and knowing how long we were going to be in there, I wanted to make it, make it bigger. So we cheated it for my episode and expanded uh, the space so we have more room, so we could pull out a wall if we needed to, and also... Uh, Based on, you know, the changes in the script, we had the the monitors appear below, which they did just for that, for my episode, which was built uh, handmade out of steel. And there was a guy with just a lever moving <laughs> it up and down. So it wasn't like, you know, someone's pushing a button and it's actually, you know, on hydraulics. It was literally... A, a teeter-totter behind that board. <laughs> but it worked. You Movie would never, magic. Uh, yeah, so we, we, we expanded that space, and we knew we were also going to do some fight sequences, so we wanted to be able to w- move walls to, to make room for camera and also reinforce them because we know there were going to be some bodies being thrown around there. Yeah, the, and there was, I, I want to say, in that fight sequence, there are probably the most that we actually see in that room at one time. Yeah, we have the double uh, double Alex escape. So yes. he escapes once, and we have a fight, uh, a fight, and then we have, uh, of course, the second time. And that's that one was big, and that that took took some time, but uh, there was um, a moment where we had uh, for for uh, for Kim and Caroline, we had doubles when when the person's thrown over the table and when they go slamming against the wall. But they actually did a couple of takes on their own, um, but. Uh, it's always fun doing doing fight sequences with, with Christian. I mean, I've been doing doing them since the first episode of Leverage, and <laughs> I was always like the fight crew with him, and we were always uh, mixing it up together. That must be fun, knowing that you already have this sort of synchronicity with an actor, that you can just kind of go in and not have to, like, cultivate this relationship. You already know what Christian is capable of, and it's like, Go time. Yeah, and he trusts me. And, you know, I, I can tell him when I think I might have a better idea or if something's not selling. And, and he can come to me um, and say, hey, I thought of something new and we'll always work it out. And I, I 
probably directed a hundred fights with Christian. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a long run, but uh, we we work well well together. Not only in in the fight sequences, but overall, just with his acting. Um, you know, I think he respects how much I care about the script because I like to give a lot of notes. I I don't ever want them to be uncomfortable in a scene. Um, so it's we trust each other. We're talking about episode nine, but in before the se- second season started, if you looked on the internet, fans were wondering, you know, when is season two ba- coming back? Is Almost Paradise coming back? And as an executive producer. I would love to know why you feel that fans are so excited about this show. I think, you know, people love Christian, you know, the Caniacs are, are big and strong. <laughs> the Caniacs. And, and they also love um, our shows, you know. Um, I think Electric Entertainment and what Dean puts out is, uh, it's, it's popcorn, you know. People love to be entertained. We do have a great writing staff, so we give everybody enough fun, enough action, um, enough schmaltz, <laughs> and an emotion. Um, so I think people just, we, they like our brand. And then whenever you have Rita scenes. Oh, yes, Alex, we love the I mean, Rita scenes. Sophia is, she, and he knows, Christian knows, he's like, she steals it all the time. She steals every scene. And it, those are always the most fun. So the, the two scenes or the scene I did in the gift shop with them, it was always priceless where he tells her to look up the chemist. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and, and that was fun to do. And, and I let Christian have some room and pace around a bit. And he saw the football and he picked it up. And, and those are always fun, shoot, fun to do, those two handers between them. Oh Priceless. gosh, we hope we hope there's more Sophia. Yeah. Like yes. she's yeah. she is a scene stealer, but you know. <laughs> but then there's also scenes that that grounded into some type of police procedural, which I think that's another thing people like. You know, for me, there's there's a scene between Ernesto and Alex in the interrogation. The casino murder file. I assumed it was you when it went missing. I'm returning this with more information than I stole. The chemist hitman for the Dixie Mafia. Yep. That's your killer. No comedy, no humor. Alex brings him information just between the two men uh, and where they do it. And it's it's really, that was one of my favorite scenes just because it's so grounded. And and these two guys are working together and, and Alex is revealing secret information to him and saying, listen, just let me have some more time. That was one of my favorite scenes as well. I love that you enjoy the 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 simplicity as well as the the like complex action, you know, with the hydraulics of the. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you you enjoy all of it. Yeah, um, no, I do, and then you know, I started out as a second unit director, so I was always just you know go go shoot a fight scene with Christian or a car chase or this or that, and then it evolved into doing episodic, and then I was also you know started out as a development person for for Dean. So I really embrace the script and like to get my hands dirty with it. That is two completely different sides of the brain. Yeah. You know, it's very producing. It is like the glue that keeps the production together and it's very logical and very, yeah. you know, scheduling, logistical oriented. Yeah. And then you have the directorial side. I mean, that's to ha- be able to use both sides just must be creatively satisfying for you it, it is it's completely satisfying and it's it also you you need the right team around you you know to have a first ad that i've worked with uh on the outpost 
um, uh, Radoš from Serbia, he was the one person I thought could help me establish this show. So when we did season one, and it was up to me to do the first two episodes, I brought Radoš in from Serbia uh, to AD those first two shows. And then he also came in towards the back half of season two to AD my episode. Um, so I had a great team around me. And Digo, our production designer, just pulls off miracles left and right. Our stunt coordinator's great, you know, costumes, wardrobe. You know, if you surround yourself with the right team and you got the right script and you got good actors, um, it'll, it'll, it'll all be good. You know, of course, you're you're in the Philippines, so things do happen. There are there, there's traffic. There is <laughs> traffic. there's hurricanes. Um, there's you bugs. Know, you, might, you might show up, <laughs> and something might be different than when you scouted it, and you just have to roll with it and embrace it. I want to talk about episode nine, old times. Um, yeah. This you know we've talked a little bit about Ocampo and Kai and their kind of father-daughter relationship. And we have this really fun moment where he gets to pretend to be mad. And he's like, I have this envelope and it's- Not okay. <gasps> Wonderful! <laughs> I liked that scene. Like you show that you're this uh, serious guy and then it turns out that you're really happy about it. Yeah, but it's tricky because you can't, you know, it has to be played with truth. You can't play up the uh, angry and then you show that you're actually happy. Yeah. It's, I hope it came out well. <laughs> it did, it did. And, yeah. and okay. you know, this scene continues and we have this real emotional moment between him and Kai where she's, you know, worried about if, if this is the right move. Um, I I feel like, you know, this season, like I've been saying, we get, we get a little bit of silliness and we get a little bit of, um, you know, <laughs> who, his motivations. But this is a real heart to heart moment with Kai. You know, I love Sam. Sam is so um, transparent. Yeah. Even if she looks mysterious to the characters, but as a person, at least towards uh, us as a group, as friends, he's so very transparent and, and charming and... Uh, very sincere. So it's not hard to want her and her character to succeed and to help her, to want the best for her and to and to argue thinking that you want the best for her and then she's not seeing it. These are nice moments to play and to act in scenes. Uh, one of my favorite things that I hear from actors is that they learn from the other actors that they're in. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You play. play, play. <clears throat> I started... Um, I, I I have a I started in the theater for many years. Um, it's it's different from uh, it's different uh, acting in a film or television or in, in front of the camera. But you still need that to have a genuine reaction. Um, even if the actor is not there and you have a close up in the actor, you've got to imagine how what the actor the other actor off the screen is behaving towards you. Uh, towards me so it's still something that you get from the other actor in a way so it's very important that you that you have a connection uh or your your connection with your co-actors christian is uh, really great uh, uh with that 
Yeah. He gives you so many things during the take also that, um, that trigger you to behave uh, spontaneously uh, and naturally. Yeah. Actually, I, I love Christian um, art and, and Sam. Yeah, it, it was a ball. I really had a great time. Paradise found, we've got Christian Kane and Samantha Rochelle in studio. We see that Anne has separated herself from the world. And, and this team is a, is a team. Mm -hmm. What was it like for you to have, kind of, she's an outsider, but to be an outsider who wants to be part of your world? It was, it was tough for me in that scene, to be honest with you, because Kai's standing right there. You know what I mean? And it was just, uh, the dynamic just felt so uncomfortable, which I think really plays in the scene. A lot of times, if you just realize it's going to be uncomfortable and you play it uncomfortable, it actually makes for better, better, better television. And uh, and that was one of those moments for me. The whole thing just felt uncomfortable, and he was just trying to get away. Now he 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 did it with. I don't know. It just it just honestly it just felt awkward. And obviously, there's stuff that goes on later that that. But it it, it was a very awkward scene for me, <clears throat> and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I feel like the relationship between um, Anne and Alex all season has kind of had Kai involved in that the first time they ever connect, Kai is in Alex's ear telling him what to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so to then come full circle to the end where we have this moment where, you know, Kai is hesitant on leaving. She's not sure what she wants to do with her life and she wants to go to the one person, talk to him and, and see his opinion on it. To then see how that all plays out with Anne was so interesting. What was this storyline like for you? I guess for me being Kai, it was her being completely confused. Mm. <laughs> um, just because I guess she was learning a lot of things about herself that I guess she didn't realize was there. Um, and she wanted to go to Alex because she really... I mean, she's really close to Alex and she wanted to hear her opinion, to hear his opinion on me finally getting the job that I have always wanted and, you know, to to be able to share this news with him. But then seeing him with Anne, um, her kind of being pushed back a little bit and not really understanding what that meant, it's... I guess confusing for her. Yeah, it's hard when like your best friend makes a new friend. Yeah. And you're like, oh. And she just kind of doesn't understand whether it's like a jealousy thing or whether it's like, you know, oh, I really needed him at this time mm -hmm. and he's not there for me and he's probably drifting away. And, you know, her being so close to him, obviously that was hard to see. And, and there's two parts to, to that story, to be honest with you. And you and you, you had touched on it. Kai is leaving. You know what I mean? And so I had a conversation with her before we started the season. I was like, we have to let you win a lot more this season than we do last season because it can't be that they're, they're picking Kai. Why didn't they pick Ernesto? Why is it, you know what I mean? It's like we really got to show Kai winning a lot of 
a lot of the things that were going on this year. So I, I had a conversation with her early on, but then I, I saw different parts of the of the script and stuff like that. And it, first of all, Dean was and Gary were brilliant in, in writing it. I didn't have to do a lot, but I tried to really like when, like I said before, when you let somebody shine, mm-hmm. I really wanted to let her shine a lot more this season because that's why she's picked because she did come in and hack into the, you know, early on and she's solving crime. And I wanted her, I wanted to go back to the aloof Alex that does know the answer, but maybe didn't get there as fast as she did. Mm-hmm. This is why we're picking her. So she's got all these things on her plate right now. She's gonna is she leaving? Is she not? Did she does she is she's friends with Alex? She's gotta leave her partner. She's gonna leave, you know, mm-hmm. she's gonna leave Ernesto here. And it was fun and, and um and this is where this episode is where you see it come down and you and you feel for her, you know what I mean? You don't have to feel for her before because she's such a tough character and such a she's out I mean, you know, everybody roots for her and she's just a she's a badass. And in this one you see an underlying side of her that you may not have known existed. Um, and 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 you you get a feel for her. you're gonna you know and that that was what was the the greatest thing about this episode was is that we we get we don't get into Kai's past but we get into Kai's heart a little bit more and Absolutely. I thought that was fun because she's bad she's mm-hmm. Sam and Kai are juggling two things her career and her family because normally you see Kai I mean for first season she was just career driven it was all about her career and where she's gonna go next but in this. You know, in the second season, you sort of see her unpack all her feelings Alex. or and emotions, and she has up. layers out <laughs> on top of layers that she didn't realize were there. So, um, but yeah, it's good to be able to see uh, more of her, I guess, her outside of her work and dealing with other situations outside of the office. Thanks so much for joining us here on Paradise Found, the official Almost Paradise After Show. Be sure to keep up with us on social media at Almost Paradise After Show. Be sure to join us next week when we review the season finale, Brigade. Until next time, I'm Yael Teagle. I'm Kira Lynn. And we'll see you there.